Welcome to the James Exchange. I am your host, Nancy Gill. For those 65 or older, it is Medicare enrollment period, which runs through December the 7th. With this in mind, I recently sat down with Kimberly and John Flick, who filled me in on a lot of things I was not aware of. We discussed Medicare, prescription drug plans, cancer stroke, heart attack plans, dental plans, long-term care plans, and the three types of life insurance. This episode runs about 30 minutes, but is filled with information that we can all use. So settle down and listen to the information and advice the Flicks have to share. Welcome, Kimberly and John. Thank Good you. Morning. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you for coming out. It's such a fine day, and I know you have office work, <laughs> so I hope this is fun for you. So, you know, it is right now, for those of us who are 65 and over, it is sign up Medicare annual, enrollment. annual between until, I think, December 15th? December 7th. December the 7th. Okay, see, I just learned something new right there. What I want to talk about first, Kimberly, if you'll take this one. Some people don't realize that Medicare at the age of 65 is actually mandatory. Is this correct? That is correct. And what happens if they don't sign up? So if you don't sign up for your Medicare Part B and you don't have insurance with an employer, you can be penalized for not signing up for your Part B. Part A is already given to you, but if you don't sign up for Part B, you can be penalized for every month or year that you don't have it. But if you already have insurance, you don't have to sign up. Correct. If you're with an employer or you're paying for it, when I say paying for it, what that means is you have to have an insurance that is approved by Medicare. You just can't have any kind of insurance. Then you won't be penalized. You have to sign up for your Part B if you don't have an approved insurance by Medicare. And how does prescription drugs, that coverage, fit into this equation? So that's another plan, and that's Part D. And that's another plan that you, that you can also be penalized for if you don't sign up for at age 65. See, and, and that I find troublesome because I don't have any prescriptions, but yet I have to pay out every month, I don't know, $30, $40 that I never use that then you need to get on a different plan. And I tell people that all the time. I, get, I come across that all the time. So what happens is when people sign up for Medicare and they get a supplement, they have different plans that they have, and they can only sign up for certain plans because that's who they're appointed with. So this year, it just so happens, WellCare has a plan that is a zero premium plan. So that means that you can sign up for WellCare And not have a premium at all. And if you're on no prescription drugs, you're getting a a plan, a prescription drug plan that you have no premium for. And you're also, you also have a prescription drug plan. So, okay. So I sign up for this. And then all of a sudden I have some catastrophic thing happen and I have to go on a prescription. 
do I pay the full amount? No. And, and a lot of people are confused about this. A lot of people think, let me go out here and pay $30, $40, $50 for a, prescri- a prescription drug plan because I may get this expensive drug that I need. And if I'm paying this money, $30, $40, $50 for this drug plan, it's going to cover it. And that's not the way prescription drug plans work. Prescription drug plans work on a formulary, and it's really kind of hard to explain to a certain extent, but the way they work is, and it changes every year, which is why they have annual enrollment every year. So prescription drug plans have to pay for a drug in each category, diabetes, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. So just because you're on, let's say, a Torvastatin doesn't necessarily mean that your expensive drug is going to pay for that atorvastatin. Just because you take the really expensive diabetic drug doesn't mean your $50 drug plan is going to pay for that expensive diabetic drug. You could still pay an outrageous price for it. You have to every year check your drugs to find the correct drug company that's going to pay for your prescription drug plan. So I have a lot of clients that, that I work with that don't have any prescription drugs. And up until this year, well, I've always made sure that I have the plans that I can try to have so that I don't have to put them on the really expensive $30, $40, $50 drug plans. I have the inexpensive drugs. Like last year, um, WellCare was $9.80. So if I had a client that didn't have any prescription drugs, I would put them on the $9.80 drug plan. This year, it's a zero plan. So... You, you just try to find the, drugs, the best drug plan that fits your client. And WellCare pretty much pays for the atorvastatin, the lisinopril, the generic drugs. And most people who are not on, when they do end up having to get on prescription drugs, usually start with atorvastatin or lisinopril or one of the generic, one of the generic drugs. So the WellCare usually works for them. Good. So, John, if we can carry on because, again, at night I tend to chill by watching um, television and, you know, Joe Namath comes on and he talks about Medicare Advantage plans and they say these are so great. Can you give, in a nutshell, the pros and cons of of this type of plan? Right. Well, first of all, I'll say, you know, we represent companies that offer supplements as well as Advantage, and it's situation-dependent, okay? Uh, Sometimes an Advantage plan is better for certain situations, and sometimes it's a supplement. So you have to evaluate your current, your, your personal situation. In a, a broad strokes, if you are someone who is low income, is on uh, also gets some sort of like Medicaid along with your uh, Medicare or other assistance, then sometimes an Advantage plan is better because you're going to have out of pocket expenses, but Medicaid or whatever service is going to pick that up. And most Advantage plans are zero or very low premium each month. So whereas a supplement obviously has a premium. Uh, but you can get it with very, very low out-of-pocket. For instance, a Plan G has, uh, for Medicare-approved charges, your max out-of-pocket next year in 2024 would be $240. So, uh, and that's just a Medicare deductible. The one thing is that the Advantage plans do offer that supplements don't is you have, uh, they offer other benefits. Dental, vision, for instance, 
Uh, some of them give you a grocery benefit. They'll give you a card to like Kroger or uh, different stores like that that you can use. Some of them offer other memberships and different things that give you other value, added value. So for certain situations, that's better. But what I've encountered with clients is they'll come in and we'll talk about it and, and then their financial situation, I find that a supplement's better, so that's what I recommend. And they say, but I'm healthy. I don't take prescriptions. I don't go to the doctor. So why don't I start with this Advantage plan, not pay anything for it? And then later down the road, I'll go to a supplement when I get sick. <clears throat> the challenge to that is when you start at age 65, and you're just what we call it aging into Medicare. When you do that, there's no underwriting or anything for a supplement plan. So that means you're guaranteed to get issued. If you come in, you sign the paperwork, you agree to pay the fee, you get the plan. With an Advantage plan, there's never underwriting. So you can change your Advantage plan every year during annual enrollment. But if you get sick and now you see the benefit in the in the supplement plan, you have to go through medical underwriting with the insurance company, you may not qualify. So the, the phrase I use with my clients is it's pay me now, pay me later. You know, that's that's just the simple of it. The other thing with, a, with an Advantage plan that I just want to add on to it is for veterans. Mm -hmm. If you have a veteran who is on TRICARE for life, there's an Advantage plan out there that works with TRICARE for life. And there's several Advantage plans out there, different ones, but that you can get up to $150 back for your Part B. So they can actually get some of their Part B premium back if they sign up for different Advantage plans. For them, would be a good advantage because they can actually get some of their money back. So, John, when you were discussing the Advantage plans, you mentioned dental and yes. disability. No, but, de uh, dental and vision. Dental and yeah. vision. Again, you're with Mutual of Omaha. Correct. And you do offer dental insurance. Yes, we do. You could put together a plan for somebody if they wanted the G plan. Correct. With a dental insurance. Yes. And for instance, the Mutual of Omaha plan, and we like so we represent several different companies as well when it comes to that. Uh, but the Mutual of Omaha dental plan. You can do there's several tiers, and they also come with some vision discounts, things like that. Um, if you needed a proper vision and dental plan, dental plan through Mutual Oma is proper, but the vision plan, uh, we can do that through several other companies as well. So there's ways to structure it, but then, of course, you're adding cost. Right, so if if you have a a supplement plan that's costing you a hundred, you know, about a hundred dollars a month, let's say to start with, and then you're adding in dental and vision and all, so it's just added expense. So that's why we look at each individual situation and come up with the right plan. Another thing that I see that you offer, mm -hmm. and this is, I don't know if we can put all of these three together, <laughs> but long term care. Yep. Cancer, heart attack, and stroke, and critical illness. Kimberly, can you give an overview of those and why one should have them? Cancer and heart attack and stroke, cancer especially, um, one in three women get cancer in their lifetime, and one in two men get cancer. So we always recommend a cancer policy because one of the things people always say, well, I have Medicare. And the deductible is $240, and they're correct in that. However, when you get a $30,000 cancer policy, that 
Mutual of Omaha cuts you a check for $30,000, that 30... Tax-free. Tax-free. <laughs> yes, tax-free. That check can go help pay for several different things. One, if you have to go to a different hospital, it can help a loved one stay in a, in a hotel if they have to stay. But two, it can also help with trials. Because sometimes Medicare does not always pay for trial medications. If you wanted to do the trial medication that Medicare does not pay for, then that would help pay for that trial medication that you would want to do. It can also help pay for if you need a ride somewhere, you can't get to it, then you can pay someone to help take you. So that $30,000 is really beneficial. And I had a client who I signed up for Medicare and she discussed getting the cancer policy. She was like, I don't know. Cancer doesn't run in my family. And she almost got it. And then two months later was diagnosed with breast cancer. And then she was like shooting herself in the foot because she was like, I really could have used that. So she regretted not getting it. She didn't have an option to get it once she was diagnosed. Correct. Because you have to wait 10 years once you're diagnosed with cancer. 10 years once treatment is yes, finished. Yes, once treatment is finished, then you can get it again. The long-term care, I always recommend because one of the things that I've had, and this has happened several times, is children will call me after their parents have needed long-term care. They're like, I need to get some long-term care for my parents. Yeah, there's not too much we can do about it at this point. So then we're trying to scramble on what we can do to try to get them, you know, how to pay for this long-term care. A lot of people get confused because when they see Medicare, they think Medicare is going to pay for long-term care. And Medicare does not pay for long-term care. They pay for rehabilitation if you need to go into, you know, like you have a heart attack or you fall and break your hip or, you know, something like that, then they will pay for you to go to a facility to get rehab, but they will not pay for long-term care. After 90 days, it's it. You're out. Yeah, the, or you pay for it. The, the biggest thing I want to add to that, you know, I, Kimberly and I, you know, we work as a team, and, and she's, she's our resident insurance expert. I'm a financial advisor, so I look at things kind of more, a little bit more holistically. And there, there's three tenets to what I call a financially stress-free retirement. Okay. One is a guaranteed income. You have to have income, right? Having assets, having those things are great, but you can't eat assets. So you need to have income. Uh, you need to have good health care. So that's where Medicare comes in and structuring the right thing for that. Uh, and the other one is long-term care. And the reason I put that in there is because nothing will derail a perfectly planned retirement faster than a long-term care expense. The average long-term care for someone who does need it is about 3.2 years. So if in the average cost of in Charlottesville for a private room uh, is over $8,200 per month. Now, of course, and a lot of people think, well, Medicaid will pay for it if Medicare doesn't. And, and while that is true, uh, Medicaid will pay for it. But you have to sell down your assets, and you cannot have assets worth more than $2,000 unless you have a proper plan in place. Uh, there's partnership plans. If you had a $300,000, let's say, long-term care coverage, then if you had a partnership plan, then you have to sell your assets down to $302,000 so instead of $2,000. And then you get Medicaid's assistance. But that being said, not sure I'd wish a Medicaid bed on anybody. Right. Because you, so if you have these plans in place and you do need it, it gives you peace of mind, it gives you choices, and it protects your loved ones 
you know, because if you need long-term care for 3.2 years and you get out and you're going to live another 10 years and you have $2,000 in assets, what's that going to mean for your retirement? Right. So I don't know if you can answer this question and I don't know of the accuracy of any answer to this question, (laughs) but Someone goes into uh, a nursing home or assisted care, whatever they want to call it these days, and they are on Social Security. Mm -hmm. I have heard that after, I don't know, 17 or 18 days, the nursing home or assisted care facility could then start taking their Social Security payments. Do you know anything about this? They, they they will do their best to get whatever money they can, right? So, because they're in business to make money and they're they're doing that. Um, so yes, depending on your situation, that is possible that they can take some of the money. Um, it's just like the Medicaid spend down. There's some stipulations there. It depends on your, you know, whether you're married, you have someone else who's living at home. You're, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's again situation dependent, but it is possible. Yes. Well, so I know. If a person has like an annuity mm-hmm. and the annuity pays out a payment each month, right? Then that payment goes to the long-term care facility. So to me, if they can take the payment yeah. as a payment to the long-term care facility, then yes, they can take your social security because to them, that's how that, you know, you would use that to pay your bills, you know, if you were living at home. So yes, they can take it to pay your bills because you're living in a long-term care facility. That being said, there are Medicaid um, compliant annuities, I guess is the right word for that, uh, that you can set up that literally even the day that you file for Medicaid, you can move uh, that you know, assets into an annuity that pays money out and Medicaid can't touch that. It becomes not part of your assets. Uh, they will take some of the income uh, but you protect the main assets. So there are, there, there's, you know, if, if you're in a situation or feel like you're going to be in a situation like that, preferably long before you're in a situation like that, talk to a good financial advisor, talk to your insurance agent, talk to these people, and just make sure you have a plan in place. That's the important thing. So the last thing that I find very confusing is life insurance. So this whole life, term life, and universal life, Uh, Since it's term life that I don't understand the most, and it says Mm -hmm. budget-friendly, can you tell me, um, who who wants to take this one? Well, I'll let Kim do this, but I'll tell you that she is, she, uh, because she's seen the backside of this, she's not a fan of term life. Um, Personally, I will say that it it fits in certain situations, but uh, I'll let her take this one. So... Term life is, you can, I'll use John's philosophy on term life. (laughs) The difference between term and perm is term is temporary, perm is permanent, right? So consider term as paying, as renting, and permanent as owning. That's what he used when he first started. Right. So when I first started, I I, um, had some term policies that needed to be converted because they were getting ready to end or whatever. And so, and a lot of people were in their fifties and sixties when they, when they were ending. And so when I would go meet with them, um, they thought they had a permanent policy. And one of the things that agents do, which 
drives me crazy is they will tell people a term policy eventually becomes permanent. But it doesn't. It, well, it's technically, technically true, but. it becomes a level renewable term policy. What that means is after the 20 years, you can continue making payments on this term policy forever. But? But what they don't show them is how much that policy is going to be after 20 years and how, how it increases every year after that. So um, what these people were seeing is they were paying 20 and $30 a month for this, you know, this great policy that they had for 20 years, and then it was go- jumping up seven to ten times the policy, okay? So I would go meet with these people, and I would say, okay, here's what your policy is going to go to. So these people were paying um, $30 a month. Some of them were going up $300 um, from $30 to $300, and some of them were going to $700 because of their age. And they were like, well, I didn't understand that back then. And, you know, because they weren't explained that they were getting a term policy. And so I, for one, don't go to someone. I will sell a term policy as a a filler. You know, if someone who needs... So a, a life insurance, let's say a million dollars. I'm not going to sell them a million dollars worth of permanent life insurance, okay? Because they don't need a million dollars. Yeah, but what I will do is I will sell them some permanent life insurance to give them enough to last for their lifetime, and then fill in the rest with a term policy that's going to end in 20 years. Because you don't need that much. You need enough to get to the kids through college or get the house paid off or whatever. That's what term life insurance is for. And so term life insurance. My understanding is once the term ends, there's nothing. If you haven't used whatever amount you insured it for, no. you, you don't get that back. Exactly. And, and, and Unless the, you die. Unless and you then die. somebody gets somebody it. Somebody gets <laughs> it. You're not getting any of it back either way. Um, I, I, the, the, the easiest analogy for that one that I think most people seem to understand is it's like paying for car insurance, right? Because we all have car insurance. You have a car. Um, <clears throat> if you pay for car insurance and you're a really good driver and you manage to avoid all those who are not good drivers and you don't have an accident or, you know, like my wife over here and avoid all the deer, like, you know, anyway, that's another You hit the story. last one. <laughs> <laughs> I did. She reminds me. Uh, but anyway, so if you can avoid having accidents and you don't have any accidents, you paid car insurance for 20 years and you have the stellar driving record, you don't get the money back. But your insurance goes but, down. But your, but your insurance was there to protect you in case you did. And that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what term policy is doing. It's cheaper because the insurance company, frankly, is looking, especially if you get someone who's, say, 30 or 35 years old, right? They look, they get term insurance. The insurance company says, well, what's the likelihood of this person dying over the next 20 years? So it's not that expensive. That's what makes it cheaper because it's that period. It's that, it, it only covers that period of time. And if you want to, after that, the, the annual renewable term that she was talking about, you're paying for age. Because if you, if you start a 20-year policy, uh, we'll make it more retirement friendly. If you start a 20-year policy of 45 and now you're 65, you know, insurance is a lot more expensive at 65 than it was 45. So that, that $30 she was talking about is now three, four, five hundred dollars $500 a month for the same coverage, 
Whereas if you had had a permanent policy at the beginning, it may have cost you $110, $120 a month, and that sounded like a lot then, but it's a lot better than the four or 500 now, and it stays, that's level. It stays level for most of them, unless you set it up differently. So, um, Kimberly, you mentioned permanent insurance. Is that um, whole and universal? Yes. Okay. Is that what's the difference between a whole life policy versus a universal life? So a whole life policy pays dividends off of the company. So when the company makes money, the dividends are paid based upon how the company performs. You know, like the individual company of, let's say, Mutual of Omaha or uh, Mass Mutual, Mass those any companies. Air indexed universal life that we have it, it is indexed off of the S&P 500. It makes money off of how the, the S&P 500 performs. The index S&P 500 doesn't do well one year, then you don't make any money. Okay, but it caps out, depending on which one you get, between 85 to 10% every year. And air index IULs have done really well. But the other thing that I like about our indexed IULs is the, L- the LPA, you can add a long-term care rider to it, which I do more of than I do with the long-term care by itself. Because when you do the long-term care by itself, a lot of people are paying for insurance. And if they never use it, then the money that they put into it, depending on when they get it, because they can get return a premium if, if they're at the correct age. If they don't use it, then it's gone. And plus you have that that chance of when you get to a certain age, then you you could it could increase. Yeah, premium okay. increase on those. So but with the L with the LPA, which is the index IUL, you can add a long term care rider to it and it's not that expensive. And if you don't use it, then your beneficiary, who you choose to leave the money to, will then get get your death benefit. Uh, get your death benefit. So it's not something you pay in every year and it doesn't get used because whether you use it for long-term care or if you pass away and your beneficiary gets the death benefit, something's going to happen with that money. And if your beneficiary gets the death benefit, guess what? It's tax-free money. It's a win-win either way. And that is one of my favorite products to use and put the long-term care rider on it. We had a 78-year-old woman who wanted to get some long-term care and she ended up doing it and she was in really good health. It was preferred plus preferred. or pre- preferred. She was very excited because she was able to get some long-term care and it gave her peace of mind. She not have to worry if, her, if she went into long-term care, but also if she didn't, then she left a, a legacy to her kids. And, and a 30-second and snippet on that one um, is that in her case, she had a small mutual fund that she had. I say small. It was around $100,000 okay, uh, for her age and everything compared to the rest of her retirement. That was her long-term care fund, if you will. So we were able to take that, which she did. She didn't want to continue making premiums on it. She had three, three things. One, she was paying taxes on the growth of the mutual fund each year, right, uh, because it was a, a, not a qualified account. So she was paying taxes on it every year. She was concerned about the tax situation for her heirs if she didn't use it for long-term care, and she wanted long-term care. So all we did was move that mutual fund money. We took the money out of that, came over here and dropped it into this life insurance policy and got her a little more than 300000 worth of life insurance and long-term care. Okay, so, you know, your mileage may vary. It depends on health. It depends on those things uh, as far as how much benefits you can get. But it, then it gave her heirs tax-free, 
benefit if she didn't use it. It gave her long-term care, and she didn't have to pay taxes on it anymore, right? So it, it fit all three of those criteria. So there's a lot of creative ways to, uh, I, I would say more than one way to skin a cat, but you're petting your cat, so that would be rude. <laughs> She's not ready to be skinned. <laughs> I want to just end with this, because mm-hmm. I'm, I want to go back to Medicare uh, plans, supplemental plans. I notice each year mine creeps up, you know, mm-hmm. three, four, five dollars. And I know that in a previous conversation, Kimberly, you told me that you were able to save someone like $300 on yes. her, her supplemental premium. Premium, yeah. premium. How did you do that? So it's really funny because I'll, I'll tell you, I actually did that this weekend too. What people don't realize is that they can... Each year, their premium does go up. And as long as you have pretty good health, it doesn't have to be perfect, but as long as you're in pretty good health, you can actually get your plan rewritten. And we do that quite a bit at Mutual of Omaha. You do have to go through underwriting. Basically, you just, you can go to a different company. We at Mutual of Omaha, we go to our clients. Um, Every five years or so, we create a sub-company. And then we call our clients and we're like, look, would you like to see if we can save you some money? All you got to do is do a new application, go through underwriting. If you pass underwriting, then we can save you some money on your, your, premium. your premium. Well, I want to thank you both for coming and for tolerating Jeff <laughs> and, and Gracie. This has been helpful to me. So if it's helpful to me, I think it will also be very good for, for my listeners. Awesome. Thank you. So thank you for coming, and I hope you have a great rest of the day. And that's a wrap with my conversation with John and Kimberly. I do apologize for the interruption of Jeff, my canine pal. And as always, if you have a song, a story, an event, or an issue you would like to discuss, perhaps it's time for a conversation.